On today's Locked on Jayhawks, the first quarter of the KU football regular season is over. Three games down, nine to go. We're giving you your first quarter report card for KU football. Where is stock up? Where is stock down from when things started from the beginning of the year or recently headed in to quarter number two and what we're looking for in the second quarter of the season upcoming. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're talking some KU football. First three games of the year, so the first quarter of the regular season are in the books. Let's give a uh, first quarter report card where stocks up, where stocks down for KU football after the first quarter of the season from where they were maybe comparatively coming into the year. First of this episode of the show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase with Game Time. All right, so let's start with uh, where is stock up in the first quarter, the first three games of the KU football regular season. Certainly this was the quarter that you had the uh, best chance to put up a 3-0 and record or at least 2-1, and and you did just that. So it's a great first quadrant of the year. You are just overall as a program, stock is up, right? Like you're 3-0 and for back-to-back years. Uh, it's the first time you've done that as a program since 1991 and 1992. Interestingly enough, that 91 season, you went 6-5. and Now there weren't as many bowl games back then, so you didn't make one that year, but that was probably similar to you know last year for KU. And then uh, the next year, 92, you win the Aloha Bowl, you go 8-4 and four overall. So I, I think that becomes an interesting conversation because if they did that this year where they go you know 8-5 and five and they win a bowl game, it's a successful season and a big improvement from where they were a season ago. Also, though, and, and that's different because you were seven and four in the regular season. So would the equivalent be going seven and five this year or would the equivalent be going eight and four this year? I think that can kind of change how you view things. But uh, the reason I say that is if I asked you the question right now, would you take Kansas going seven and five this year with a bowl win? If I guaranteed you that right now, that they would finish eight and five with a bowl win, would you take that or would you roll the dice? I'm kind of in the camp right now where I'd roll the dice. Big 12 feels open, 3-0 to start, been impressed with some of the things. Even after the Nevada, if I would have asked you this question after the Illinois game, I think for sure you would have said, you know, you roll the dice. Maybe after the Nevada game, you are a little bit closer to taking it, but I would roll the dice there. But either way, program up. And and that is one thing. Even if Kansas were to finish this year 6-6 six and six again and it not technically be a, a improvement on wins from the regular season, that would still be improvement and stock up for the program because building consistency – and a year-in, year-out winning or competitive team, that is improvement from where they've been. But yeah, uh, overall, the program stocks up. Uh, Devin Neal stocks up to the NFL after the season because this dude is putting on an absolute show this year. And honestly, maybe his All-American candidacy stocks up. Um, I, I wondered before the season started, I, I thought Devin Neal was talented enough, a good enough running back, that he could be a All-American level running back for you, an all-conference level running back for you. My biggest question was in regards to would he get enough carries? Would he get enough um, opportunity? 
And we don't know that that'll still be the case at the end of the season. It sounds like he's been dealing with certain stuff, like going into the Nevada game with certain injury. And you never know how that's going to go with bumps and bruises throughout the year. But last year, he had 180 carries. It's hard if you're only going to get 180 carries, which that's still 15 carries a game, basically. And obviously, that counted the bowl season last year. It's hard to put up All-American level numbers because when you look at All-American level running backs, they're putting up 1,400, 1,500 rushing yards, maybe even more in a given year. And if you're only going to have 180 carries, you could average six yards a carry, but that's only going to be about 1,100 yards. So it's just really tough to get there. And and because KU rotates the backs, uses Daniel Highshaw and Dylan McDuffie and some of these other guys and runs the quarterback, I wondered if you were going to have enough. But so far, you've seen Devin Neal get enough carries, and uh, he is just doing the most in terms of efficiency with what he can. 303 rushing yards so far through three games. That's with limited carries. He's averaging 7.6 yards per carry. He also has uh, over 100 and uh, almost uh, or 131 receiving yards. He has six total touchdowns. So if you put him on pace for a 12-game regular season, that would put him on pace for over 1,700 total yards and 24 touchdowns. That's All-American status for Devin Neal. Now, the conversation of him being an NFL running back, of being a pro running back, that's separate from being an All-American because he could have 1,100 yards but looks good and has limited carries and goes off to the NFL. I see an NFL running back when I'm watching him. I could see him going pro at the end of this season. Uh, so enjoy him while you can, I guess, is part of this. But also, if he keeps on the pace he's currently on, and who knows, uh, that pace he's currently on is even without him having one of those like 200-yard rushing games, which come Big 12 play, maybe you have an opportunity to do so more because they're going to ride you a little bit more in a given game if you're hot that specific game. Um, you know, maybe that is all American level numbers for, for Devin Neal. He's been so good in what he's put up and had some unbelievably big plays for KU to beat Nevada this past Saturday. Stock is up on the KU pass rush in the defensive line. We went into the season not totally knowing what you were going to get here. This was a bit of an unknown. You lost Lonnie Phelps, who was your best defensive lineman, maybe your best defensive player from a season before. And he provided a majority of your sacks and pressures and um, attention needed from the offensive line to the opposing defensive line. Well, so far this year, you have nine sacks, you have 26 hurries, and you have five quarterback hits. That's a total of 40 pressures over three games. So averaging about 13 per game with three sacks per game. Uh, last year, Kansas had 24 sacks. So that is less than two per game because that's counting the bowl game against Arkansas. Less than two per game. Now you're at three per game. Obviously, that includes the Nevada and Missouri State games, but you didn't get huge sack numbers in either game. Um, you had the bigger sack number in the Illinois game. So it's not like you just feasted against lesser competition in that area just to boost up what your numbers look like. And so, you know, it slightly stocks up from last year in terms of the stats, what you're looking at there. But I just really like the depth overall of this position. You've already had strong contributions and seen some good flashes from uh, whether it's Tommy Dunn, uh, Hayden Hatcher, who's kind of dealing with an injury right now. Um, Dylan Brooks, Jeremy Robinson, Austin Booker, uh, DJ Withers, Dean Miller, Davion Westmoreland, uh, Keenan Caldwell, um, Devin Phillips, Gage Keys, Patrick Joyner. Like that's a lot of names that you're kind of rotating in there and getting levels of play. And a few of those guys that I named don't have great like pro football focus grades yet or maybe haven't had their impact totally felt as much as maybe you would thought. Like I think Devin Phillips has been solid, but he hasn't been – you know, all conference level or anything like that. And maybe that's still to come with more familiarity in the offense. Point being that you've had some players who have shown flashes, 
who played limited snaps. You've had some other players who maybe haven't lived up to the potential quite yet, that there's more to be shown, that they're going to have better ends to the season. And even beyond that, you've shown to have good depth and good pass rush so far this season, especially in that Illinois game when you probably needed it the most. So I think stock is up on this position, whether you're looking at it from, if you compare it from this year to last season's team, I think stock is slightly up. I think if you're looking at it from where we thought it was in the offseason, it's big time up from where it was. Uh, KU's corner duo is seeing their stocks go up this year. You know, we knew Kobe Bryant was a first-team All-Big 12 corner, but you knew part of that was, yeah, he's kind of a big play guy. Like, um, can he be a shutdown corner in addition to being the big play guy? And then the question with Melo Dotson was that, okay, he's an experienced guy. He's been in there. He's gone through his battles. He's shown, shown some good play and had some good games. But overall, last year, you looked at the numbers and the passer rating against and the completion percentage against were a little higher than you would have liked. So what was that secondary? What was the two corners that you had where they've been multi-year uh, starters for you now? What were they going to bring? Could they be, would they be a solid unit? Would they be a good unit? Would they be a great unit? So far, they've been great. Co combined, Mellow Dotson and Kobe Bryant have been targeted 18 times this season, according to Pro Football Focus. They've given up 12 receptions. Now, that number doesn't sound great. We're like, wait, they're giving up 67% completion rate. Okay, that doesn't sound great. But a lot of them have been like easy passes. They have allowed just 127 yards on the 18 targets. That's 7.1 yards per target. So that's, you know, that's not a, a unbelievable number. That's not a bad number either. If, if you're giving up 7.1 yards per pass, you live with that. But when you add in that you're giving up 7.1 yards per pass and you have two pass breakups and you have two interceptions, I mean, getting an interception every nine targets your way is, is really impressive. Melo Dotson has a 59.4 NFL passer rating against and Kobe Bryant has a 73 NFL passer rating against. So both guys are 73 or less for NFL passer rating against when targeted. For reference, in 2022 in the NFL, Zach Wilson was last among 33 qualified NFL quarterbacks with a 73 passer rating. So you're basically making every quarterback that's targeting them Zach Wilson or worse. That'll work. All right, let's get to uh, where is stocks down or maybe stocks neutral uh, from where we were from last year, the beginning of the offseason to where we are now through the first quarter of KU football play. First, though, this episode of the show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The early line came out. I saw one book had uh, Kansas as minus seven. On FanDuel, it came out at nine and a half. Big number. If you're in on Kansas, you might want to wait because I think the early money is going to be coming in on BYU with the number being that high, especially after their win over Arkansas. I would wait closer to game time to get in if you want on Kansas, but you'll be able to bet on some of the player props, the over-unders, whatever you want to do for that game. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Where is stocks down? Where is stocks neutral for KU through their first quarter report card of the season? Well, let's start with neutral. I think the receivers, the tight ends, stocks just neutral because in, in both in terms of being good and in terms of usage. We went into the year knowing the tight end and the receiver groups were both really good. 
and that both these were underrated positions in the conference and in the country. They've both been really good so far on the season. Uh, both in you know, and, and not only that, but we knew that the usage would be you'd spread the ball out, get a lot of different guys involved, get a lot of guys targets, play a lot of guys in different formations. That's happened too, right? The, the ball's getting spread out with Luke Grimm and Quentin Skinner and, and Lawrence Arnold, and you're seeing some guys mixed in there like Doug Emelian and Tanaka Scott and Trevor Wilson. And uh, same goes for the tight end. You're seeing a lot of Jared Casey, Mason Fairchild, and Trevor Cardell's mixing in. Saw some Tavita Noah like some goal line packages the past game, right? We knew there was going to be a lot of usage for a lot of different players and different packages and spreading out of the football and that they would make big plays when they need to, and they've done just that so far. So living up to the billing there. Also, the offensive line, I would put in neutral here, right? Like we had expectations that the offensive line would be good and that they would have good depth. Well, we've seen that, right? Um, Marjorie Adams misses your first couple games, but you're able to survive it or whether it was the first game or first two, I, I forget. I think it was just the first game actually now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but Kobe Baines has been good, kind of rotating in off the bench. Um, the offensive line depth has, has shown out to be good so far and the offensive line has not really caused any issues. Um, you've done a good job running the football your first two games, not as well in the Nevada game, but you still, you know, opened up at least enough pass blocking was really good in the Nevada game and pass blocking has been good all season long. So uh, they've been good so far as expected and the depth has been good so far as expected. Um, if we're going to stocks down from either where we were in the off season or from last year, I think number one on this list has to be being your, your confidence level, I guess your confidence level about Jalen Daniels making it through the season it's not that stock is down on Jalen Daniels or stock is down on, like Jalen Daniels. Any play, he's so good and, and he looks so electric when he's out there. It's just that after going through the offseason and hearing the bulletproof term and that they were working on getting him so that he could be more healthy over the course of the season. Well, obviously that changed in the first three games of KU football. He missed the first game, uh, seems at different points, kind of day to day at practice. And in the Nevada game, most recently, we didn't really see him unleash his full running game, whether that was planned uh, because he wanted to save it more for the BYU game or conference play, whether that was planned because he's you know still kind of nursing that back, whether that was just what the game plan said. That I, I don't know. Um, when he's healthy, he's just phenomenal. It just feels like an uncertainty how this is going to go the rest of the season. And, and hopefully Jalen is healthy the rest of the way. Hopefully he's good to go for the remaining games on the schedule, the remaining nine games plus a bowl game possibly. Um, you hope that is the case. It's just based on how this has started, there is some uncertainty there, a lot more than you would have thought coming into the season. So for that standpoint, this is like the number one stock down type of thing. Uh, stock is down on, on Daniel Hyshaw figuring out his fumbling issues. You know, he had some fumbling issues last year, fumbled his last couple games that he played. I think he had fumbles in because he played the Iowa State game. That was the game he got injured. So he would have played five games last year. I want to say he fumbled in three of the five games a season ago, um, then gets injured against Iowa State, fumbles in week one against Missouri State, uh, but they're able to, to get the football back. I can't remember. If, I, I don't think he fumbled in the, uh, in the um, Illinois game. I think Devin Neal fumbled, but KU got it. And then he fumbles in the Nevada game. So with Daniel Hyshaw, he's such a talented running back. He's so good, man. He's unbelievably powerful. He's got great speed, runs so hard, fights for every yard. He is so much fun to watch on the football field. The big key for him is just holding on to the football because that's the difference of, you know, becoming, I guess, Devin Neal or getting more usage or avoiding having Dylan McDuffie take away some more of your carries, right? Like that's going to be a key. And, and this is a different team when they're able to get Daniel Hyshaw healthy and on the field running the football right because – it provides that physicality element. You know, Devin Neal can be a physical runner. Dylan McDuffie can be a physical runner. But 
that that's not their like a plus trait, right? It might be cutting or vision or you know, a stiff arm or speed or something like that. With Daniel Highshaw, you give him the ball straight up the middle. Like uh, there were games that you clearly missed that last year. I think back to the Baylor game, you needed that physical runner up the middle and you didn't really have it that game and, and you struggled a little bit more running the football against Baylor. Daniel Highshaw helps you in a lot of ways with this offense, very talented player, but you got to figure out the fumbling issues and that has not been solved so far this season or over the course of his career. Uh, stock is also down on the schedule a tad. Um, and this is actually a good thing for KU. So in one sense, stocks up, but stocks down on how difficult the schedule might be. The schedule will still be difficult. Playing BYU this week, their team receiving votes. They're undefeated. That's a good BYU team. Just one at Arkansas. Next week, you're at Texas, uh, top five team in the country, playing them on the road. Okay, very difficult, right? Um, week after that, UCF, who is uh, a team who surprisingly is not receiving votes right now. I thought they would have been, but you know, if they win again this week, they I imagine will be uh, for next week. So those are all tough teams. And, and then you're looking at, you know, still having to play, even though you Oklahoma State and Iowa State and Cincinnati, I don't know how good they are. They might not be very good. They're still road games and, and power five road games. I mean, we saw KU go on the road to Nevada and almost lose. It's tough to win on the road in college football, right? You still have Oklahoma. They're a top 25 team. Kansas State's still a good team, right? They're ranked in the top 25. So it's not to say the schedule is easy. It's still a difficult schedule. And that still is the case. It's just that, you know, when you look at it, it's a little easier than maybe we thought before the season started because Oklahoma State might be a little worse than we might have thought. Kansas State might be a little bit worse than what we thought, even though I still think they're a really good football team. Um, Iowa State might be a little bit worse than where we once thought. Texas Tech might be a little bit worse than where we once thought. And that could be a good thing for Kansas trying to break the right way if they are going to have a season where they win more than last year, if they win seven games or if they can win eight or nine games or contend for the Big 12 title. That is obviously a very important piece uh, among all of that. All right, we're going to finish up with uh, what you're hoping to see in the second quarter of games, the next three games for KU football. First, though, this episode of the show is brought to you by Game Time. If you've ever bought in tickets last minute or been trying to scour the web, sometimes you get annoyed because, I don't know, you're stressing out, you're worried about, are we going to get the tickets? Are we going to get them into the right price that we're looking for? The ticket buying process should not be stressful. It should be fun because you're going to go to a fun event, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater near you. With game time, they have killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing out over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun that you're going to be having. Uh, I use game time, and I love using it. It's super easy to see the tickets. It's a great interface. You can see the pictures of where all the tickets are, images of all the seat views. They have the lowest price guarantee with event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's easy to sort through different sports, different teams that you're looking for. They even have flash deals and last-minute tickets. And they have a game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So what are you hoping for in the second quarter? I mentioned the next three games. It's BYU at home. That'll be at 2.30 this Saturday. Texas the following Saturday. That'll be in Austin again at 2.30. That'll be on ABC. So prime time for Kansas. How about that? And then the following week, they'll be uh, at home on Saturday against UCF. That game time will come out uh, next Monday. Um, so we'll see when when that one is. But I think if if you told me Kansas goes one and two in this stretch, I think you'd be okay with it. Right at that point, you'd be sitting four and two. 
Um, you'd, you'd be heading into the Oklahoma State week, then a bye, then Oklahoma, and then uh, I think Iowa State after that one. Um, four, one and two in the next three would be okay. I think realistically you're hoping you go two and one. Win your two home games at the very least, and if you lose to Texas, you lose to Texas. I mean, you're, you're nine and a half points, seven to nine and a half point favorites against BYU. I'd imagine for UCF, uh, I guess it depends if you win or lose to BYU and, and what happens in the Texas game. But realistically, right now, you're probably looking at being somewhere between three and seven point favorites against UCF too. And if it goes two and one by you losing to BYU, but beating Texas and beating UCF or, or something like that, that's totally fine too. If you go two and one, I think you're going to feel great about this team's chances and winning more games than last year and maybe being a big 12 title contender, all those sort of things. Especially if you go two and one and the one loss is the Texas, but it's like a competitive loss. You lose by seven, you lose by 10 points uh, where you show up pretty well there, which by the way, I will say as much as Texas, you do think highly of them and they won at Alabama, Alabama didn't look so good at UCF or USF. So maybe it is back to being a little bit more winnable, even though that's probably KU's least winnable game. Again, they're all winnable, though, um, when you're looking at the game down in Austin. I think what you want to see, though, is you want to see them um, – you want to see Jalen running the football. You want to see him being healthy over the course of these next three games. I think defensively, you want to see, is this team for real? We saw flashes. I mean, even in the Nevada game, you give up 24 points. You only give up 262 yards. Um, in the Illinois game, defense was really good. In the Missouri State game, you give up 17, but seven of that was after the fumble by Daniel Highshop. Defense has passed the test sort of so far. They haven't been elite, but they've passed the test. These next three are going to tell you more about the defense than the offense side of the ball. We think we know the offense can be elite. I guess show how elite you are, though. Are you just a top 25 offense? Are you a top 10 offense? Are you a top 5 offense? We're going to learn some of that these next three games, too. We'll learn a lot about the offensive and defensive line. BYU is a big physical team. Texas is a team with a lot of athletes and as big as physical on the offensive and defensive line. I'd imagine Gus Malzahn has UCF pretty loaded uh, on the offensive and defensive line. So you're going to learn a lot, and that's what you want to see. You want to see the the trenches perform well. You want to see guys stay healthy. And ideally, if you can go at least 2-1 and in these next three games, I think you're going to feel really good about headed into the back half of the season. We'll uh, do our second quarter report after those three games. We're going to switch to some KU basketball talk on our next episode, though, of uh, our four-man preview the power forward spot for KU basketball. We'll also have uh, Nick Schwert on later this week with us, and we'll get to our KU-BYU preview later in the week. This has been Locked on Jayhawks. You can find us anywhere you get any of your podcasts or on our YouTube page. Have a great rest of your day.